0: hello everyone I hope uh, you guys have been enjoying uh, the presence of God since last teaching Uh, we started last session on the uh, the theology of prayer and we want to we want to continue that teaching today Um, the theology of prayer one of the key things that I said last uh, in uh, during last session is that Jesus is perfect theology in everything that pertains to our faith and our relationship with God, if you want to know the truth, just look at Jesus. Jesus is perfect theology. There is, there seems to be a, a segment of the body of Christ today that uh, that brings teachings that want to minimize the importance of prayer. But if you really look at the life of Jesus and you look at, and you see the eternal example that he set for us, you will understand that prayer is important prayer is key and i said prayer is not a means to purchase anything from god because some people may take it in that manner you know prayer is not something you use to convince a reluctant god to give you something god is not reluctant the bible says that in Christ jesus all of god's promises are yes and amen god is not he's not reluctant he is saying yes to your growth he is saying yes to your uh, to your promotion. In Christ Jesus, He is saying yes and amen. All the promises, your prosperity, uh, your, your, your your ministry, uh, everything, your healing, it is yes and amen. It is yes and settled. It is so in Christ Jesus. So uh, God is not reluctant. He doesn't need to be convinced to do something that He does not want to do. You know, God's will is, is tried and tested and it's perfect. And He says, I have plans of, of, of good towards you. I know the thoughts that I have towards you. These are thoughts of, of happiness, thoughts of good. And that I might give you an expected hand. So I, I I like this is one of the things I love the most about the goodness of God. God can give us what we expect. And in prayer, it is just exactly the same thing. Why is it important to pray? Why, why, why is it important to pray? We have this powerful promise uh, in the book of Luke. uh, I believe it's chapter 9. Luke chapter 9. Is it Luke chapter 9? And uh, he says in Luke chapter 9, we also have the same prayer in Matthew 7. Okay? Uh, In Luke chapter 9, verse 9 to 10, he says, And if... Uh, and I unto you I say, ask and it shall be given you. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be opened to you. You have the same. You have this same promise in uh, Matthew seven seven. In fact, there's a bar here in Yaoundé that's called Matthew seven seven. Ask and it shall be given you. You know. So the 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 bartender is saying, anything you ask here, we give you. You know, you will be served. And uh, well, that's a funny example. And uh, I really don't know why somebody would call there. Uh, their their bar, a drinking spot. Uh, Matthew seven seven. That was very creative, uh, <laughs> and um, but but it it really translates the reality of our relationship with God. I love this scripture because it is such a powerful promise, and it is our it is it is supposed to to be a motivation for for our prayer lives. When you ask, you receive. There is. In, in fact, Jesus, uh, the Apostle John, took this thing even further. He said, He said, You, no, it's the Lord Jesus Himself. He said, You have not yet received because you don't ask. You've not asked. You've not asked. Ask so that you may receive and so that your joy may be full. Oh, I like this one. So that your joy may be full. In other words, you may be rejoicing over the real, over the truth of the word, but for the truth of the word, to really make your joy full, truth has to become reality, experiential reality. He says, "Ask so that you may receive." There are so many things you've been hearing about from Scripture. There are so many things that you you know that you've heard about. So many teachings that you've heard from me, from other you know good teachers of the Word, and uh, you know you, there 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 are so many nice things that you know so far. But how many of them are you experiencing? That's the question every believer should ask. The scripture says that, And these signs shall follow those who believe. In my name they shall cast out devils. In my name they shall speak in new tongues. In my name they shall lay hands upon the sick, and the sick shall recover. And if they drink of any deadly beverage, it shall do them no harm. That's just, that's just one example of things that will follow them that believe, and you ask yourself, Father, how far am I experiencing this? Have I even experienced one of these beyond speaking in tongues? Okay, so uh, so that's the purpose of prayer. Pur- prayer is learning to pay attention to God. God has made so much available for us. He's made up His presence available for us, but we don't pay attention, and so what is available only remains positional it does not become experiential it only remains uh, potentially there it's it's latent it is inside it is invisible but it does not become visible prayer is that key activity that will cause what is hidden to become visible the Bible says that when you pray pray in the secret prayer is supposed to be a secret something you know but Jesus was just telling us about the reward of prayer and he is saying the father who sees in secret the father who sees in secret will will reward you openly so prayer is the thing that turns your hidden inheritance in Christ into a visible reality that other people can see that is why I don't care how much of scripture you know if you are a prayerless believer you will be a proofless believer. You will be a proofless believer. You will be a believer without much evidence. And that is why sometimes many of the believers who sit under some of the best teachers that we have in the body of Christ, many of them sometimes are the believers with the least proof. Because sometimes when teaching is very powerful, teaching can become the object of worship. And severe us from the necessity of prayer and and a fellowship with God, you see. And 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 you begin to believe that teaching is so important that uh, believing it and confessing it is enough. It will never be enough. And that is why many of the people who are exposed to the to some of the best teachings on planet Earth, I'm saying that, and it's true in many countries, in many parts of the body of Christ. It is a sad. Uh, reality, but that's just the current reality. I've been an observant of the body of Christ for more than 15 years, and I know what I'm talking about. Uh, really, sometimes we just you just realize that some of the people who are under some of the most doctrinal doctrinally accurate teachings are some of the weakest believers in terms of proof. 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 And I love what Bishop Oedepo said. He said, only proofs you know, will cancel, you know, only doubts. Oh, I, oh my God, let God help me here. He says, only fools that doubt proof. And he said, it is only results that will cancel insult. At one point in time, uh, your faith has to produce results. Your 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 relationship with God has to produce results. Your revelations have to produce results. You know, all the truth that you believe has to produce results results and if for some reason they are not producing results if you have believed that you you know uh if you have had the revelation that christ in you the hope of glory and if you have had you have heard the truth about uh the fact that the prince of god is a reality in your life you know he is always with you and and you look at your life and you're like but but father why am i not what what is the what are the results of that presence If you can't find any, or if you are not satisfied with the answer to that question, it should take you to the place of prayer, so that you can learn to pay attention with God, learn to pay attention to God, amen. So uh, that was a very lengthy introduction, and uh, I I was just rambling and rambling and uh, going in all directions, but... I believe somebody got something from that. Amen. So let's 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 come back here uh to the theology of prayer. I don't even know how I got to to all these things that I was saying, but the theology of prayer and and I said this morning we were going to look at the prayer life of Jesus. Again, Jesus is our perfect example and uh he, that example is eternally valid. There is nothing that will convince that should convince you that if Jesus did it, Uh, You shouldn't do it. Uh, There is nothing that should convince you uh, about that. Jesus' example in how he was in constant fellowship with the Father is eternally valid for the child of God. Amen, amen. Some people today think that, well, they can do without prayer. Uh, Oh, my God, if Jesus, who was the Word of God incarnate, the Word made flesh, the Word made flesh needed to pray. Ay 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 and you you just have the word in your head and you think it exempts you from the need to pray. But this one wasn't just a man with the word of God. He was the word of God made flesh, assuming human uh, nature. And yet, he still recognized and responded to the necessity of prayer. Amen. So, uh, Jesus, let's look at a couple of scriptures that will tell us a little bit about the life, the prayer life of our Lord Jesus. So, the first thing I want to say here is that Jesus' prayer life was exactly that. It was a prayer life. It wasn't just prayer moments. It wasn't just prayer days. It wasn't just prayer hours. It was a prayer life. It was a prayer life. That's, that's a strong statement here. And I want you to get that. Jesus' prayer life was a prayer life. And uh, this, this supposes constant fellowship with the Father. Constant communion with God. And constant communion with God is impossible without constant obedience and, and a listening ear. A, an ear that always listens and a heart that is always ready to do what the Father said. So, uh, But, of course, let me also say this. Everything that I just said will not be possible. This constant state of communion with God, this constant prayer, this constant state of exchange with the Father will not be possible if we don't learn to have the moments, prayer moments. You can't have a prayer life if you don't learn first to have prayer moments. Jesus had prayer moments, meaning specific times, specific moments when he had the habit of praying. The Bible says that he prayed habitually early in the morning. So there there has to be some habitual moments that you spend with God, some habitual times, some habitual meeting moments. Okay, and uh, so we'll get back to that. But Let me talk about the constant communion with God. Jesus was in constant communion with with God. And that is why he could have a copy-paste approach to life and ministry. Jesus had a copy-paste approach to life and ministry. He said he only did what he saw the Father do. In John 5 uh, and verse 19, the Bible says, Then Jesus Then answered Jesus and said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, The Son can do nothing of himself, but what he sees the Father do, that's what he does. For what things soever he doeth, these also doeth the Son. Likewise, the Son simply reproduces what he sees the Father do. So, and Jesus' life therefore was a constant stream, an unending stream of, of miracles and of encounters, and of you know, because he was in constant fellowship, he was in constant communion with the Father. Jesus had built the discipline to always listen, to always behold. Remember Second, second Corinthians chapter three. That we, uh, I believe, we read that in a couple of sessions, a couple of sessions ago, and the Bible says, I believe it's in verse uh, sixteen, and that as we behold, as in a mirror, we are transformed, we are changed into the same image. You see, there is Jesus had this discipline of constantly beholding, constantly beholding, constantly beholding. You see, sometimes we have had some of these experiences. I have had, uh, you know, I have had experiences of of continuous fellowship with God for entire days and things like that. But it 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 was it only lasted for you know a day or two or something like that. And and most people uh and so we are still so far from 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 there. But it requires a constant, a constant uh an ear that is always attentive. I, I, I told you, I mean this is a super important secret to success in prayer. Prayer is learning to pay attention. Why do I need to pray? Just so that I can pay attention. Because there is something He wants to say to me. There is something He wants to share with me. So Jesus was attentive. Jesus knew how to pay attention constantly to the Father. He would always constantly hear the voice of the Father and respond to it. Respond to it, and and so this this constancy in prayer cannot become a reality until we learn the moments, until we learn to 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 withdraw in isolated discipline, in isolated prayer, you know, and until we make it habitual, habitual. Okay, um, so Jesus said, "Man shall live by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God." He didn't say. Man shall live by every scripture. Uh -uh. He says, man shall live by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Sometimes the word will proceed. And and the word translated proceed there means something that is presently going on. So he said, you will live by the now word. I told you guys in Assam that the, 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 the word of God. The, the manna was not supposed to sleep it was not supposed to stay overnight manna was fresh every morning there is a fresh now word that proceeds from the mouth of God not just scripture but a now word that proceeds from the mouth of God of course it can come through scripture your now word may be that scripture that you read every day but all of a sudden today you think about it and you meditate upon it and it comes to life so b- because i'm not sending people to to just begin to uh you know some people have opened themselves up to all kinds of crazy stuff uh because they were looking for the for the now word and some people began to bring up some doctrines that uh, the, the bible are not is not complete and uh and there's some truths that god is revealing to them which are not in scripture that's a lie from the pit of hell amen and uh, you see but there is a proceeding word from the mouth of God. Jesus did not say you will leave by the scripture. Uh-uh. He said you will leave by the words that proceed from the mouth of God. So by the word that comes alive to you, by the words that the Spirit of God breathes upon, and it becomes alive to you, the Spirit of God. I want you to know that the Holy Spirit is the mouth of God. The Holy Spirit is the mouth of God. Jesus is what comes out of that mouth. And the Father is the originator of what comes. You see, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, that's how how they speak. That is why Jesus gave us the Holy Spirit. He said, it is expedient for me that I go. And when I'm gone, the Holy Spirit will come here and He will teach you all things. He will guide you in all truth. It is the Holy Spirit that has the proceeding word. It is through Him. It is through His ministry that we receive this proceeding word. And we can be receiving it. From morning to evening, there in every situation there is a there is a word that proceeds from his mouth. There is a word that proceeds from his mouth. There is something that he wants to show you. While you are ministering, some of you have uh, some of you were in Assam, and I was discussing this with some of the leaders. You know, some of you have 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 heard, have seen. I believe that those of you who are very keen uh, may have noticed this. Everything that was done in Assam you know, especially when we were having some of the sessions uh, in the evenings, you know, everything, in fact, I believe there is there there one of you even said this, who spoke, and, and, and you, somebody just walked up to me and said, my God, it is amazing how how much you are led by the Spirit of God. Amen. And we saw the power of being led by the Spirit of God in Aslam. And, and I endeavor to do that, especially when we have encounters like that. And, So what happens? What happens? You are in a state of constantly paying attention and if God says don't do this, you don't do it. If God says cancel this, you cancel that. And if if He says speak this word, you speak this word. If He says lay hand on that one, you lay hand. If He says don't do this, He says you don't do this. You're watching TV and He says get off from that screen. You know, just just go away. Just just follow me into the room and, and let's have a conversation and you follow. God, there is a proceeding word but we are not paying attention. There is a proceeding word. Even as you hear this audio right now, There is a proceeding where there is something, there is an instruction, there there is a pulling, there is a prompting that you may be receiving in your spirit. And being in constant communion with God means being constantly attentive to the voice of the Spirit like that, to the promptings, to the leading, you know, and also being always ready to respond and also ready to initiate at times, even though He's always the initiator. But, you know, just being in that state where, Father, I'm always listening and I'm ready to copy and paste. That's how Jesus lived. He said, all I do is copy paste. I see the Father do it, I do it. I hear the Father say it, I say it. And, you see, I believe that uh, we can get to this level if we give ourselves to it. If we give ourselves to it, if we give ourselves to it. If we give ourselves to it, we can, you know, God has given me a couple of experiences that were pretty amazing with him. And sometimes when the experiences would would end, like, you know, I would interrupt the the experience. Uh, And and I asked the father, and I'm I'm like, wow, Lord, this is an amazing experience. Uh, And the Lord just tells me, this is how it can be every day if you give yourself to it now let me just share one of these experiences uh you remember i think i believe in the previous session i shared how uh how i had this physical uh encounter with jesus in my room uh one time but there is this other experience that was just so amazing you know it's it's just coming back to my spirit now because it illustrates this this issue of constant communion with god and really as i think about this i had this experience some years back and um and i'm like father uh oh my god my god my god some of these things just need to come back and this this is the experience that i had you know after a prolonged time of prayer i you know i just been praying i just been spending some time you know with the father in my room and then uh after i i, I had done that you know I was just praying in faith. I wasn't feeling anything special, you know. I want you to know that prayer, the presence of God. Uh, when I talk about all, the, all these experiences, I'm not I'm not saying that you should always, you know, be be, you know, feeling goosebumps and things like that. And and, and, and I, no, it must not always be that. It's, it's it's first of all by faith. The righteous, the just, shall live by faith. Okay, so sometimes you will pray and you don't feel anything. And you don't hear anything, but you know that, you, that the Father is with you. you. You have no doubt about that. And you thank Him for His presence. Like I said, always thank God for His presence. As you thank Him for His presence, your awareness of that presence uh, uh, is increased. And uh, well, eventually, you know, as God deems necessary, you know, you may have one or two, one experience or another. But one thing is certain. Your awareness of the presence of God will always produce fruit. It will always uh, produce a manifestation. It can be with you or with somebody else. You know, sometimes you 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 have a prayer moment and you feel and you feel like it was so dry and, and so so unspectacular. You know, but you discover that that prayer moment was really spectacular. When you go somewhere and you stretch your hand towards somebody and you see the person being slain by the Spirit and you're like, oh my God, so something was really happening, even though I felt dry. Okay, so your prayer life is not about how you feel. It is about how you believe. Amen? It's about how you believe. Okay, and uh, so I had this experience where after some time in prayer, I just walked out and God just opened up something to me. And for almost 36 hours, one and a half days, I was I experienced non-stop fellowship with God. Almost 36 hours. I experienced non-stop fellowship with God. God took me into a state where in in He made me to go into a state in which It was impossible for me to think anything negative, to think anything that was not his thoughts. For 36 hours, I was constantly hearing the voice of the Father and fellowshipping with Him and feeling what He feels. I was seeing the glory of God in everything. I mean, I would look at a flower, and I had never seen a flower that beautiful. I would be in constant fellowship with God, even while speaking with people. You know, and and, and I discovered that Jesus... You know, you can be in constant fellowship with the Father even while speaking with people, even while doing you. You know, this experience that I'm sharing with you is not that I I just stayed locked up somewhere. You know, I had had I have had times of being locked up, but those times I have not had the kind of experience that I had on that day. Even walking out, you know, and I just it was a glimpse. I believe that that day God gave me a glimpse. Of what Jesus' life on earth was, constant fellowship. It was a constant flow, a constant stream. I was just for 36 hours nonstop, even while I was sleeping, while I was awake, while I was up, while I went to the campus, uh, in the University of Boya. Because the experience happened when I was uh, at a time that I was in Boya, you know, I was meeting people, and I was just so full of this manifest presence of God, and nothing felt nothing was impossible, and the Father was just so real. His voice was the loudest ever, and uh, I was just in perfect fellowship with God for 36 hours, and then, pop, you know, I got out of that experience. and, And I said, but Father, what was that? And he said, this is the life you can live every day. This is what it is supposed to be. But you, need to, but you need to give yourself unto it. You need to give yourself unto it. You need to pay attention. Well, uh, I believe maybe I'm ruining this teaching, this session a little bit. Now, this is morning encounter. Uh, the, the teachings, are, it, they can just go anyhow, any direction. Okay, maybe I'm ruining the teaching a little bit here. Uh, but I just hope that somebody is receiving a call that somebody is hearing the voice of the Father. There is somebody that Father God, Father God wants you to pay attention. He says, I want to introduce somebody into, into this experience of, of continuous fellowship with me. But I want you to just make yourself available, to pay attention, You know, to leave your friends when I say leave. Because this was the strength of Jesus. This was the secret of His constant communion with God. You cannot be in constant communion with God without obeying. Obedience is key here because sometimes he would say, move from this place and you move. I've heard some people say that in the body of Christ, that in the New Testament, uh, we do not obey uh, the, the word. I don't believe it's true. Jesus obeyed. You know, obeyed. Obedience is a reality for the believers. And it is key to having this kind of, you know, living unlimited a uh, uh, fellowship, communion with God. It is key. It is key. Sometimes the Spirit of God will just He will just beckon you. He would He will sometimes He will tell you something that is not convenient. And it is obedience that will tell you follow. Just do it, okay? without obedience, you cannot walk in in this kind of communion with God. It is actually disobedience that breaks fellowship, that interrupts the communion it is it is lack of it is lack of obedience that interrupts the communion. you know the Holy Spirit is saying um you just feel you sense this in your spirit that the Holy Spirit just wants you to spend the whole day today at home the whole of the whole Saturday. Don't just go out. I know you had planned to meet some friends, but just stay at home. Don't call anybody. You hear that call in your spirit, you hear that gentle, tender, loving invitation from the spirit of God but but guess what the next minute you're out. Oh, and, and he's like, Oh my, there, there there was so much I wanted to pour into you today. And you did not follow that call. And my prayer for each and every one of us, you and I, is that in this season, Holy Spirit help us. Help us, Holy Spirit, to just follow this call. When you call, may we be there to answer. May may, may we be available. May we be available. Spirit of God. In fact, I know I am ruining the teaching this morning. This is no longer teaching. This is just receiving the call of the Father to to fellowship with Him. To a life of obedience. He says, just, just, when I ask you to do it, obey. This was the key to Jesus' communion with God. He says, what I see the Father do, I do. What I hear Him say, I say. I always respond based on what I see and hear the Father do and say. That was, the, that was the secret of Jesus. He would respond. He would respond in obedience. He would follow the lead of the Spirit of God. There is somebody that, you know, after this session, the Spirit of God will lead you to do something. Just do it. Just do it. I have discovered in my walk with God that the best thing, if I, you know, uh, the scripture say, the obedience is better than sacrifice. I've discovered, that actually, the key to fellowship, is obedience. I am telling you. And the key, to supernatural results, to mind-boggling results, is obedience. You know, some of you have, have watched this, in some of our, in, in some of our meetings. Sometimes, I just do something because I just heard the Spirit of God do that. And then we see amazing results. Amazing results. And, and that is why I love, having, I love having an instruction from God. I don't want to go for a program and I've not heard a word from God. I, I, I've not heard an instruction. Because it is in my doing of that instruction <laughs> that somebody's miracle and somebody's breakthrough is hidden. And my own miracle and my own breakthrough is hidden. In the obedience to that instruction, Amen. So we, in, in, as children of God, uh, let me just say this because uh, in, uh, some the people who say that obedience is not for, for New Testament believers now they they, they are they are all, they they are half right, okay? <laughs> and and they say uh, believers do not obey the word, believers do the word, and and, and that is hundred percent true. We do the word. But we obey the now word. We obey the instructions. Amen. We can do the word that we see written. That we read about. We can do the word that, we, as we study. You see it and you say. Okay father I'm going to do it. Because he has given you the ability to do it. He has given you the ability. You have all it takes. You have all the virtues of heaven. Buried within your spirit. So you can do it. But then. Even Jesus had to obey. And you will need to obey. And obedience, obedience to the promptings, obedience to the instructions, obedience to the callings of the Spirit of God from within your spirit are, I believe, the greatest key to a life of communion with God. The greatest key to a true prayer life. Amen? (laughs) So... um. Wow, 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 wow. I don't know if I should just stop this thing here and then we continue on Monday so that, um, because we have, I, I, I'm just looking at my screen there and I see that the session is already uh, 33 minutes long. Um, so we have to end, we have to end. So what, what else can I say? What else can I say? What else can I say? During Jesus' daily life, this intimate, this intimate communion with God was continuous and incessant. Everything Jesus did was in response to what the Father wanted him to do. Hallelujah. And uh, in fact, uh, as I was uh, meditating on these things, uh, one, one thing that, that the Spirit of God made me to see is that Jesus was never confused because of this fellowship. And, 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 the, and, and the Spirit of God told me that uh, confusion is often a sign of lack of communion. Confusion is often a sign of lack of communion. There was never a time when Jesus was clueless about something that he had to do or say. He was never confused. He was never clueless. He was never embarrassed. You know, but so many times we are confused in the face of situations You know, in the face of decisions to take, we don't know what to do. We don't know what to do. Not knowing what to do or being confused is sometimes, maybe not always, but it is most often a sign of lack of communion. Because it is in our communion with Him that He guides us into all truth. And we we end up, we eventually know what to do. We know what to do. Hallelujah. Uh, So let me just read this this scripture as we finish, as we just close this. Uh, John chapter 8 verse 28 and 29. The Bible says, Then Jesus said to them, When you lift up the Son of Man, then you will know that I am He, and that I do nothing of myself, but as my Father taught me. I speak these things. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. I believe God wants to raise us as a people that will speak as the Father teaches us. That will speak, you know, as the Father shows us. Having a copy-paste approach to life and ministry. You know, if somebody talks to you and, uh, and you want to reply, and you just hear the voice of the Spirit, they say, Don't say it. Don't do that. Don't reply. Don't say a word. And you just shut up. You see, whenever you do that, your flesh dies. Your flesh loses ground. And your spirit soars mightily. And before you realize it, you are able to do. Ah, your other friends who know, who have all the same revelations as you. Who have all the same knowledge. Two people can have the same knowledge. But what will make the difference in how that knowledge is manifested and productive is our communion with God. Everybody knows that we have resurrection power resident in us. But how many of us raise the dead? How many of us heal the sick? How many of us uh, demonstrate supernatural intelligence in school? How many of us demonstrate supernatural wisdom in business? But we know all of these things are within us. How many of us actually experience some of these things that we know? How many of us actually experience the truth that we know? Oh my God, the key to that is communion with God. It's communion with God. <laughs> uh, let me just take five minutes. I know it's, um, the session is, is, is being prolonged a little bit, but let me just take five minutes here and, uh, and just conclude with this other part of it. Isolation. Isolation. Jesus took the time to isolate in prayer. And this is what also enabled or facilitated the communion part of his life. So I believe, uh, for want of time, let me just end it here. And uh, on Monday's session, we're going to talk about, we're going to look at this one further. Okay, we're going to talk about isolated intimacy, and uh, which is simply, which in simple terms means, you know, your personal habits. Of prayer of praying alone you know by yourself that, that your personal discipline uh, in prayer something that is, that you have to do in a habitual and regular manner okay so we've spoken a lot we've rambled a lot uh, you know uh, but I just pray that the Holy Spirit will help us help us not just be hearers but doers of his word and I pray that you know that somebody will will will, will really answer this call uh, the, uh, the purpose of this prayer is that somebody will answer the call, the call to just spend more time with in his presence and and pay more attention. That is the call that the Spirit of God is um, directing to us yeah, at this time, and um, I am asking him to help us to help us respond. Uh, adequately to this call so you guys are blessed and receive grace receive grace receive grace receive grace the grace to be disciplined receive grace receive grace in the name of Jesus Christ amen